Grab your favorite drink, whether it's a coffee, cocktail, or tea, and get ready. It's Ladies' Night on Lady Overlander Radio. Lady Overlander Radio is brought to you by Artemis Overland Hardware, Midland Radio, Timbo Tusk, U.S. Action Tracks, The Moore Expo, and Adventure Trail RV, creator of the Overland Shower. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Lady Overlander Radio. My guest today is Dot Becker, international overlander and author of Going Home to Africa. Hello, Dot. Welcome to the Lady Overlander Radio podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm very excited and, and happy to be here. Well, I'm really glad to have you. So why don't we start with, out with uh, you giving us a little bit of background on yourself and where you're located right now. Um, myself. Well, uh, well, firstly, I, I was born and, and raised in, um, in Zimbabwe in a city called Bulawayo. And um, I in six countries on two continents. So um, I left here uh, in 81 and lived in South Africa, then the, eventually the UK, Portugal, Luxembourg, and Spain. And then um, a, a couple of years ago, I decided to return back home to Zimbabwe. And that's where I'm calling from now. Very cool. You've been, you've been a lot of different places. So I have, I, I kind of, I, I didn't really, really, didn't really set out to do that, but you know, life just kind of happened that way. <laughs> no, I think that's amazing. I love traveling internationally and I, unfortunately I don't get to do it as often as I used to, but I really do love that. And I think it's fantastic when people are able to, you know, whether it's work related or they, how they, you know, set up their lifestyle, how they're able to do that. I think it's fantastic. Yes, uh, I think um, you know I, I, I kind of lived in in different countries and and experienced them, um, which I think is the, there's a, a trend today to travel to as many places, tick tick, do a tick list of all the places you've been, without really experiencing the culture and and the um, the lifestyle and those sorts of things. Uh, which I think is a great shame because, you know, you can see the monuments and you can have a, a, a meal and whatever have you, but that doesn't really give you the experience of, of the. Um, so I've, I've loved living in different countries and, and, and visiting other countries. So, you know, having been in mainland Europe gave me access to uh, Italy and Switzerland and France and Belgium and Lux and the Netherlands, etc. So, yeah. Um, I think travel is is a is an amazing thing. Um, I think that today we I see I see a lot of people not take time. You know, sort of mm-hmm. there's more emphasis on the travel rather than the experience. I agree with you completely, and that's one of the reasons we uh, we travel throughout the United States right now. We're we're overlanding throughout the U.S. because we you know, we sat down and talked about it and we have a lot of friends that are starting their international travel journeys and things, but 
we want to focus on our home country first and really explore right. and experience each different state and what each state has to offer. And it's right. funny because when we, when we go to different states, you know, we'll run into local people there and they said, oh, I don't know where that is. Where is that? And we're like, oh, it's only about two hours from you. And they're always surprised, yeah. you know, there's oftentimes that somebody that's grown up in an area has not ex- even experienced their surrounding areas. Totally, it, it totally kind of, right. Yeah. And it kind of uh, surprises me when they say that, but I guess when you get stuck in your own little, you know, area and you're working and you're busy living your life and doing things, you, you know, you don't often see what's in your own backyard. Right. And I, I've been to America twice, um, in the United States and, um, it's a, it's a huge country. Um, so, mm-hmm. and it's terribly diverse. You know, you've, you've got, you know, so much in, in one country. Um, so it's, it, it, I, yeah, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot to experience there. Um, and I, I laugh because um, Amer- United States of America, Sahara Desert in Africa. So, yeah, I was going to say, Africa's it's a little big, bigger. It's, it's, yeah, Africa, we're bigger than you are, so. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about having to leave. You, you mentioned having to leave your home country of Zimbabwe, and I saw a little bit on your website about that. So tell me about that experience and, and how you felt about that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, <coughs> I grew up in a, in a civil war uh, in this country, um, when obviously um, it was ruled by, it was colonial rule, and um, and then it became independent to majority rule, and there was um, some an outbreak or several outbreaks of of violence, and my then husband, who is my late husband, um, and I, we, you know, I was twenty two, and he was slightly older than me. And we just were concerned about the violence and and not knowing what would happen. And this was after Zimbabwean independence. And so we had an opportunity um, in South Africa. And so we ended up in South Africa. We we decided to go to South Africa and and pursue that. Um, mm-hmm. And and I love my time in South Africa. But then once again, you know, there was a lot of turmoil and, and um, the crime started to increase tremendously in South Africa. And my second um, and I then decided that we would that the United Kingdom um, where he had an opportunity to study for a postgraduate. And, and I had a British passport through very strange circumstances. Anyhow, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my life is really not a, yeah, my, my life is really not one straight line. So there, you know, when people say, just tell me quickly about yourself, it's like, oh my God, what part am I going to tell? Um, How much time anyway, do you have? So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I went to the UK and, and after 11 years there, you know, the weather didn't bother me very much until, you know, sort of after five years, then I was like, I can't take this anymore. Um, and then we ended up in Portugal we got an old RV, a really old American converted, half converted um, RV, which was a, a Ford um, Montara, I think it was. And we 
we took that and we drove around Europe and whatever and ended up in Portugal, which I really loved. I really loved Portugal. But then my ex-husband, who's my second husband, who's husband um, ended up getting a job in, in Luxembourg. And so I reluctantly left Portugal and went to Luxembourg, which is a wonderful, lovely little place, but it was just not for me. You know, some places, it's, it's a funny thing how, you know, some places are, are just kind of talk to you and other places are like, meh, you know, I could do without this. You know, I really, I'm not enjoying it that much. And, and for some strange reason, Luxembourg was one of those places for me. Um, and then take it or leave I, it kind of place. Yeah, it's it's a really so it's a very it's a it's a country that's smaller than a city. You know, I mean, it's only got like six hundred thousand people in the whole country, um, and it sits between Belgium, Germany, and France, uh, and it's mm-hmm. a duchy, a duchy. And um, yeah, it was beautiful and green and lush and wonderful and you know pristine and perfect and and it was just too perfect for me i think you know i'm from africa you know things are, things are you know things are need to be a little bit like crazy you know so i was it was just too perfect for me anyway um then when i i left luxembourg i left my ex-husband i left luxembourg and i stayed around with friends and people and whatever have you and then planned my journey back home and ended up in, in with my nephew in Barcelona for um, several months and then traveled around Spain a bit um, where I built the inside. I bought a van in the UK and then um, built the inside. Um, my not very masterful crafting wood carpentry work, um, but it's lasted and it's still in, in good, in good shape. But I built that in, in Barcelona in my nephew's workshop. And so and that's Bluebell. Yes. That's my, okay. my blue 20. Well, she's now, she's a 1998 Ford transit two wheel drive. Um, and she's manual, which seems to surprise many Americans. <laughs> and we don't do, and, uh, there are manual drivers here, but most of most people drive automatic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I I've always driven a manual and I can drive an automatic, which is simple of course to do. But <laughs> I've always driven a manual and I'm I you know, I'm like I I, I wouldn't trade it for, for a doing the road conditions that you do in Africa. So um, yeah, so my, my van is, I, I, I'm in my van at the moment. I still live in my van currently. Um, and, uh, I hope not to be doing that soon because I hope to be building a home. Oh, nice. And that'll be in Zimbabwe. Yes. Uh, I've been, um, uniquely accepted to live in amongst the rural community so in this country we have community areas which are um really you know the native people have their their families and and that sort of thing and it's it's really their land um and it's it's those communities and you really only can get into them mostly if you're if you're if you were related somehow your your parents or your grandparents or something came from those areas but i have been um interviewed by the local headman because it's like a, a hierarchy so you have to speak 
and then you have to speak to the village heads and then you need to speak to the community. Um, and I have lots of, I'm, I'm doing some work with the community. So uh, in terms of I'm bringing boreholes, um, there's an American charity who's helping me bring boreholes uh, to bring water to these communities. We have, we're in a, a very drought ridden area. So water is, is a very precious commodity. And I'm doing other projects to develop um, food security and um, education and training and, yes, a lot of things. So, yes, so I've been, as a single white woman, I've been accepted to live within the community and I even have a local name and I'm very excited about that. So I'm building a house that's kind of partly traditional, but kind of partly what suits me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I could totally go into a mud dwelling with, you know, with no, with a with a wooden stove, and yeah, that would just be like a bridge too far. I mean, I'm sixty. I'm almost sixty-three. There are some c- creature comforts that I do insist on. So, um, but it will be totally off grid. There is no, there is no water. Well, I have to organize my water, and I, I will use solar for, um, for my electricity. So, so that's where I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm working on getting all the bits and pieces and things together for that at the moment. That's amazing. Yeah, we have a a small off grid cabin in Arizona, and we haul our own water and have solar power as well. I, and it's it's when you can't just turn on a tap of water and have that water readily available, it's you know, that's one of those things that I think people sometimes take for granted that having fresh, clean, available water whenever you need it. And you have to, you know, we have to ration our water and make sure that we're not overusing it and that we have enough for a family of five. So, yeah, but yeah, that, it, it's know. that, it's, it's that thing where they say, you know, you don't know the value of Harriet. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, Living in my van, mostly not always. I have done some house sits and uh, you know stayed in in some cottages and things like that. But I I've mainly been in my van for uh, the better part of four years now. So I'm I'm quite accustomed to you know water, you know knowing how much water I need and how much uh, water I use um, and how much electricity. You know, well I don't use a lot of electricity per se, but I need to charge my laptop and my phone and my tablet and you know those sorts of things my fan my fan is very important because it blows on me all night because it gets very hot um but um you know just little things like that and i'm very accustomed to in fact i I, we have we have trouble in this in this in africa in throughout most of africa where we have a thing called load shedding where people you know the, the the there's not enough electricity so they switch you off electricity for certain days or um, whatever have you. And and I always forget, you know, and then people are going mad, going, there's no electricity. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay, you know. <laughs> like, I'm good. I have my solar. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm like, hey, you need to charge anything? You know, you can always do that in my yeah. van, you know, sort of thing. They're all going nuts, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I'm quite happy living off grid, actually. I, I prefer it. Um, not not to be dependent on on anything other than my own resources. I agree with you, and that's why we, you know, we travel most of the time. We travel throughout the U.S. and but we do have we did get this place as kind of a home base when the pandemic hit, just so that we had somewhere 
to go back to because we had sold both of our houses and our property and everything uh, right. about four years ago now. So we just wanted somewhere, you know, if stuff really got crazy again and everything really shut down and locked down again, we would have somewhere to go and we would be able to have resources, you know, to be able to sustain that until we could go out and travel again. Yeah, so, totally. Tell me about, I'm going to switch um, modes here a little bit. Tell me about the funniest thing that has happened to you on the road. <laughs> um, oh, I have to tell you so many, you know, you, you okay. just, I think, I think when you, you know, um, when you're on the road, um, you, you just really have to develop a sense of humor especially in Africa, you know, you, you just, you just can't take so much stuff seriously, you know, super seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I think, gee, you know, so, so many funny things. Um, I think the, the thing that immediately comes to mind, I probably afterwards, I always think of something like, Oh man, I should have mentioned that. Anyway. Um, the thing that immediately comes to mind is, um, so I left Europe and then spent eight and a half months driving. West Africa um, to 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 drive home. So I took a ferry from Barcelona to Morocco, etc. And, and literally, uh, and I was sixty when I did that. Um, I had my sixtieth birthday. I, I I arrived in Africa four days before my sixtieth birthday. And at sixty, I think I had more marriage proposals through those months that I drove through Africa. Until I got to sort of Southern Africa, then they they kind of they kind of dried up a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I had I had more marriage proposals than I've ever had in my entire life, if probably in in five lifetimes, honestly. And you know they would, and then they were very concerned that I was on my own. You know, so you, we oh, have okay. here. Uh, many checkpoints, you know, it, it's, it, I, I don't know, it, it's a, it's a thing in Africa. So bef- usually before a city or town of, of any significance and on the other side, going in and going out, you'll have checkpoints and um, they would stop me and they'd say, and of course, most of this was in French, West Africa is French. And they'd say to me, you know, they, they'd stop me and they'd sort of look in oh, like it's a camper van and then I'd hand them my papers and they would they would they would then look at my papers and look at me and then go you're on your own and I'd be like yes and then they'd look inside the van you know double check uh, you're on you're on your own yes you're on your own yes it was always in threes <laughs> it was just incredible and then they'd be like Ah, but where's your husband? So I, I opted for going for that I was widowed. I figured that they might leave me alone if I said that. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they might think better than if I said I was divorced. So, but it wouldn't have made any difference. I, I could have told them that I had five husbands and it really wouldn't have made any And they, so they would say, you know, like, where's your husband? And I said, oh, he's dead. And then they'd be like, ah, oh, you need a husband. No, I don't need a husband. I got this far. Without a husband, I don't need a husband. No, no, but you need a driver. No, I got this far on my own. I don't need a driver. No, no, but mm-hmm. you need somebody to protect you. No, I got this far without anybody to protect me. I'm, I'm okay. Thank you very much. Yes, but what do you do if you need to change the tire? And then I'd say, well, then I get out and I go and change the tire. Why? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, was, really? Yeah, 
I, and I started to have real fun with it, you know, because at first I found it immensely irritating um, because I'm very much a feminist and very kind of, you know, I used to find it quite offensive. But then eventually mm-hmm. I would just have fun. And and it was and I had the best time. Honestly, I would just I would just be hysterical with laughter after I'd left some of the checkpoints, you know. Um, so that was probably some of the funniest things that happened to me was the many, many, many um, proposals. And, and by the yeah, time I got to the end of my journey, I'd be like, "Man, you got to get into a very long line before I get to you." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "I've been there and done that. I'm good. Thank you." I can change my own tire. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. So tell me about writing your book, Going Home to Africa. What what inspired you to write that? Well, you know, I um I did a journey and it was I I I shared some of the things that, you know, I was I was traveling on my own, so that meant that I needed to check the vehicle, I needed to do the washing, I needed to buy the food, I needed to check check the money, do the visas. So it's that thing when you're with some, you know, when you're a couple, you kind of just don't realize how when you're on your own, person has to do everything. Mm -hmm. So my my time was kind of limited. So I, I did try to post reasonably frequently on on Facebook. Um, but towards the end of my journey, as more and more people started to join my journey, um, they were like, oh, you know, we really want to get, we really want to know more. We want to, you know, you must write the book. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to write the book. Oh, you know, and, and then <laughs> I, I kind of, I was, I have a wonderful friend who's also my, and, and she, she really, I mean, she really made my book good from go from good to great you know really um so she was like yeah yeah you can write the book and you know I'll edit it and you know it'll be it'll be fine so it kind of became something to do and I I use my book also a percentage of my book sales go to um my project which I have for educating girls in so I thought well it'll be something that I can do for that as well and um I, I I'm glad that I did do it. I think a lot of the feedback has been that I've inspired other women to realize that, that they can do, you know, that they can do more, that they, that there are opportunities there, that, that this is a possibility. Um, um, a, a number of women who've said to me, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure about doing something not like I've done, but something that challenged for them. And then they've, They've been inspired enough by me to to do that, which I just never thought of myself as being that kind of inspiration uh, for for people. But I'm I'm really glad if if women have found a way to 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 make their own dreams come true, that's really exciting for me. Yeah, that's amazing, and I think that you can be, you know, you can be a feminist, and you can be pro women being independent and self-sufficient and, you know, getting out there and trying and doing those things without it being a negative thing toward men. You know, I mean, I think a lot of times people think, oh, wow, she's a feminist, so she must hate all men, you know, and that's not the case. And it's more about, you know, being considered an equal, being considered, you know, I can change my own tire. I can change my oil. I can repair, you know, I can do repairs on my vehicle. I can 
haul my own water. I can make sure that my solar is, you know, I'm getting solar. I can, you, I can travel on my own if I want to, you know, and that's, that's what I think is important. You know, the important distinction there is that just because you're showing people, other women, that you can do those things and they can do those things doesn't in any way mean that, you know, there's anything negative toward anyone else. But, you know, that's why it's funny, you know, that all of those guys, when you were coming down through Africa, you know, were giving you all these marriage proposals because they were concerned. They did not think that you'd be able to do that on your own, you know, and it's, it's funny, yeah, but it's, it's still cultural, you know, there's a lot of different cultures that have that. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, you know, the thing about Africa is it's a, it's a very, it's the imposition of colonial patriarchy on, mm-hmm. on Africa that has created this kind of patriarchal system because a lot of Africa used to be matriarchal. So, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is, a, this is only a recent development, literally in terms of history. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm certainly not a man hater. I, I, I am, however, um, I, I really get annoyed with men who try to tell me m- how my vehicle works, how my vehicle works. That's one thing that really drives me nuts. Um, but yeah, I, I, for me, I, you know, we're all people, but I, I want to, if, if I want to do anything, I want to get women to, to, un- to walk in power more mm-hmm. than they perceive they have um and and that there are you know that you can do things that as women are capable of doing things it's not for everybody you know but you know overlanding isn't also for every man um and i've the the men who've read my book have also found incredibly you know interesting and 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 inspirational so it's not just a book for women. It's it's just a, a book. Uh, my travels through Africa, really, it's just a memoir of of the funny things, the irritating things, the um, yeah, the the the. And I tried very much because I'm very passionate about Africa. I've tried very much to convey information about that people perhaps were not aware of in terms of the culture and the history and certainly the landscape. Um, and I tried to weave those things into the stories. Um, and, and it was funny because <laughs> even when I was writing, it was like, how could I possibly have this many stories? I mean, the book is like 480 pages, 60 pages or something like that. And I was like, how could I possibly have this many stories? And there are plenty of stories that didn't make the, the group. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just lived those eight and a half months that I was on the road very intensely. And, you know, writing them was, um, was a great way to, to remember them as well. So I, I kind of feel like I did my journey twice. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, our life is full of stories. You know, if you actually sit there and think about, I mean, I'm 45 and you said you're in your 60s. When you sit there and think about all of the different, even, even the small things, all of the different things that you've experienced and the people you've met and the places you've been you know, that's, that adds up to a lot of stories and a lot of pages. And so, yeah. you know, you're just capturing that one snapshot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, but, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. People will be like, oh, you really must write your life. No, that's just not happening. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> 
that was one hell of a long book. Anyway, but yeah, no, I, it was, it was, it was a, I mean, I, I have got planned um, a follow up of the books. Um, one is called, so my book is called Going Home to Africa because that's kind of what I called my journey because I was coming home to Africa and it seemed easier to say than going home to Zimbabwe. Um, mm. And my second book, uh, which I've started, but because I'm now caught up in building my home and doing boreholes, haven't gotten much further on, is called Being Home in Africa, which tells the story of coming back to a country that I left 38 years previously and what that experience was about and like. And um, then the third book is probably going to be about home and, um, you know, going off grid and living within within a, an African community. So, so I th I'm, I'm thinking my writing days are not yet over, but um, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to be a, a worldwide award-winning author, but at least I have a nice story to tell. Well, and then your fourth book can be your life story. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, You're like, I, no, I'm just add up to three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking my fourth book should be about my journey up East Africa, you know, because I haven't done East Africa yet. So I think there's still there's still travel opportunity there. So awesome. Well, I think it's amazing that you know that your local community is welcoming you into it, and that you're you know building a beautiful home, and you know you're going to be immersed in that culture. And I know that you know you're from there initially. But, you know, I'm sure some things have changed in the years that you, you know, when you previously lived there. And then there's some things that I'm sure are pretty much or very much the same. So it, it, I'm sure that's a unique perspective to have is moving back somewhere after you've been gone for a long time and then kind of immersing yourself back into that environment. Yeah, I, I, there are a lot of people who have left Zimbabwe uh, for many different reasons, um, politics, uh, economy, it, um, and I know that this is a story that it surprises most people. You know, I, I often meet people here and they go, what? You left Europe. Are you mad? Why are you here? And I'm like, man, I tell you, I would not go back to Europe and live there. I mean, I would go back to visit, but I would not go back to live there under any circumstances. Um, you know, it's that, it's that story of acres of diamonds. You know, we, 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 we go far and wide looking for the diamonds and sometimes they were right on our feet. So, yeah, um, I'm loving being back in Zimbabwe. I'm, I thoroughly enjoyed my journey. It was tough. It was challenging. Um, it was life-defining in many ways. Um, but Africa and its people gave me my joy back. When I left Europe, I was quite depressed. And when I was on the road, the, the people just just – laugh you know I'd, I'd do the wave test I'd wave at people and and they would wave back and and smile there's, there's, the African people have such warmth um, and yeah that just that just really transformed transformed me that's beautiful I love hearing that and I and I know that you have many many more journeys left left in you you know, after after you get your house built and you have your nice home base, you'll you know I'm sure that there'll be many more places you'll explore and many more wonderful yeah. people you'll meet. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having. You know, I've been sort of um, homeless, rootless for about five years. So now I'm I'm really ready to to just have a little home base for a, a while and 
and I know very well, I know myself pretty well. Eventually I'll be like, yeah, no, I think I need to get to the road again. You know, I need to, <laughs> need to do something different for a while. Um, but yeah, it, the time has come for me, you know, to just have a place and a base and, and to do some work with the community and, and to enjoy that experience. I think that's amazing. I love it. So now I'm going to take you into self-promo time. The floor is yours. I'd love to know, and and I'd love you to tell everyone if they're interested in following your story, how they can find you on social media, the internet, wherever. Uh, Thank you. Um, Well, I I kind of already talked about my book. So my book is called Going Home to Africa. Um, Mm -hmm. My website is is goinghometoafrica.com. Uh, my Facebook page is going home to Africa. <laughs> I'm great <laughs> at branding. And my Instagram is called going home to Africa. Um, and you can follow me on, you know, people can follow me on any one of those. Um, my, my blog has a lot of, in, if anybody's really that interested, uh, there are a lot of interviews and things like that from people over the, over time. Um, each, each one tends to bring out something different about my story um, and those are, those are on my, my website. Um, my book is available on Amazon worldwide. Um, and at the moment and yeah, that's, that's about it really. Um, if it, I, I, I get a lot of people asking me questions about my travel in terms of, you know, I I'd like to go and drive through West Africa and please, can you tell me this, that, or the other? And mm-hmm. to be honest, I, I, I started answering a lot of those questions, but now that my book is out, I just say to people, and I, I know it sounds um, like very salesy, but really I, I put a lot of links into the book. So anybody who really is interested in traveling, there are, you know, the apps I use, um, used the um the places if I thought it was a, a good place to stop, I, I use the links for that so people can open those link, you know, open the and follow those places that I, I went to and I saw um and the people I visited, etc. So um I try to to make the book um answer all the questions that I was getting on my social media. <laughs> um, so I, I tend to say to people, you know, get that because it'll tell you a, a better story about it. Um, yeah, that's, that's it really. You know, there's just the book. Um, my journey is recorded. I I left so that people know the timeline. I left Europe in, um, near the end of November, 2018. And I arrived Mm -hmm. back in Zimbabwe in August, 2019. I think if you're on Instagram, it's easier to follow the photographs. Uh, I do quite a lot of posting because I, you know, there's been COVID, which has kind of hampered the travel a lot. Um, yeah. But I, I, do, I do try to share my stories and share information about Zimbabwe and about Africa. Um, I, I, I really want people to know and understand Africa better. You know, there's a, there's a lot of misconception about Africa and, and what it's about and who the people are, you know, what the people are like. And I, I'm very much about wanting people to to understand that Africa is actually a really terrific place. And certainly in my country, Zimbabwe, we have our problems, but you would have to go a long way to find a place that is um, a, that has as much as we have. We have 
the largest waterfall in the world, which is um, Victoria Falls. We have um, the largest ancient man-made structure in sub-Saharan Africa, which is called Great Zimbabwe, which the country is named after. We have mm-hmm. a beautiful, amazing, and not very overcrowded, like many other places, game reserve um, called Hwangi. Tobo National Park, which is has 3,000 examples of some of the most unique and creative rock art in the world. And actually, that's the place that I'm going to be living in. Um, I'm going oh, to be wow. living inside the UNESCO landscape um, site. Um, so, yeah, we've got we've got a amount in this country that's worth visiting. So, if I'm I'm doing a plug today for tourism for Zimbabwe. <laughs> um, I love it. I, I also I also will be doing some women group tours. I, I know a lot of women are afraid to to come to Africa. They they're very unsure. Um, and like everywhere, you really, as a woman, need to be cautious about what you're doing. But I really want to demonstrate to um, women that Africa can be a, a, an amazing experience. You know, m- many people fall deeply in love with Africa and um, and just come back again and again and again. Um, there is something very, very unique and very spiritual about Africa that that speaks to many people. So I think well, that's I, it, really. I watched the movie, I believe it was Meryl Streep that was in it, Out of Africa, many years ago. Oh, yeah, and yeah. That's East Africa. It, that I think it was, I think it was Kenya, if I recall. Um, okay. But yeah, that was, that was a great movie, yeah. That kind of inspired me to always want to travel there. Like, that is one of my bucket list items is to go to that continent. So hopefully I'll make it there. Um Right now, we're going to continue exploring the U.S., but I it is definitely a, a place that I would love to go and visit. Yeah, I, this there there it's a vast continent, um, as as I said earlier, and also have absolutely everything that you can possibly imagine. Uh, but I invite people who come to want to come to Zimbabwe, feel free to ask me any questions, and and I'll happily try to answer them. Thank you so much. And your book is also a great resource for anyone that's interested in learning more about Zimbabwe and her travels down to Africa. So it's called Going Home to Africa, and her website is goinghometoafrica.com. Again, thank you so much, Dot. I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. It's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me.